I'm Megan. I'm Christy. And I'm Auntie B. And we are Homebrew Murder Crew. What's up, fam? Kittens and creeps. Hope your 2022 is treating you better than 2021 did. I mean, I feel like it hasn't been any different. I I had like (laughs) the worst mental health of my life the first week of the year. Yeah, I really struggled like such a funk. Yeah, such a funk. So it was um, bad. I didn't Hopefully. once forget to write 2022 at work, though. I yeah, neither did I. I was like, 2022! Yeah. It was almost I like I've been did. preparing oh. my whole life to write 2022. It just Oof. comes so naturally. <laughs> We're, we ain't claiming this year, you guys. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 Well, I mean, I guess we should talk a little bit about current events. Like, I know there's so much that happens in mm-hmm. the true crime world, but there was something big that happened. Yeah, that Robert Durst guy fell yeah. out. He passed away in prison mm-hmm. yesterday. I don't know much about him. I'd like to know more right. about him, but yeah. rest course, in yeah. pain, buddy. Yeah. Burn in hell. Eat a dick. <laughs> mm, he probably liked it. Well, we've got exciting news in our podcast world. We do. We are now in 10 regions. Yes. That is amazing. We got Taiwan today. Yes. Where else are we at? Singapore, Australia, Brazil, Singapore. the Netherlands, You Mexico. guys, we see you. We see you. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, so, you so, much. so much, you guys. And again, like, you guys just reach out to us. We're going to give you all the deets at the end of the episode, obviously. But, like, we would love to hear from you guys. Well, you actually, next week or in two weeks, yes. are going to be doing a fan request. Yes, we got our first fan request a couple weeks ago. And your hostess, Christy Lee, over here, she's going to be doing that one. So I've got it. I've got it. We were all pretty excited that we got our first fan request yeah. via email. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, it's such a good case. And like, <clears throat> I've never heard of it. So I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say too much. Well, <clears throat> okay. You guys remember me saying back on my first episode that I did of Amber Tukuro uh, that a common theme amongst missing and murdered Indigenous women is most of their cases remain unsolved. Also, happy belated birthday to Amber Tukuro. Yes, happy belated birthday. January 3rd. Yeah. We actually sent out, well, Christy did a very nice portrait, digital art portrait for uh, Justice for uh, Amber in the Facebook page. They were very grateful for it. So we'll post it on our Insta. As much as I wanted to bring you a case that kind of wrapped up with a little bit of a bow and had closure for the family, I'm sad to say it's actually much harder than I expected Aww. with Indigenous cases. And then all of a sudden, I remembered a case I heard about in 2020. And at this point, it had actually already been over a decade-long case. It is the unsolved case of Jacqueline Crazy Bull, known to friends and family as Jackie. Jackie is one of many unsolved MMIW cases here in Canada, but she was from right here in Calgary. What happened to Jackie would occur during the 2007 Calgary Stampede. Oh, and what is man. MMIW for our listeners that might not be familiar with Missing that? and murdered mm-hmm. Indigenous women. Stampede is a magical time of year where here in Calgary, for 10 days straight, Cowtown turns into the wild, wild west. And you get to basically drink in a parking lot. Like all day. All day, every day. All day, every day. For 10 days. From CEOs to pets, the city puts on their fanciest cowboy hats and boots. They're, if you're, you know, me when I'm 19, the shortest pair of blue jean shorts that you could possibly have with your ass hanging out. Yep. (laughs) And plaid. All the plaid. 
everywhere plaid. And I'm not going to lie, I love me some plaid. Me too. Oh, yes. Oh, it looks so good. I love a man in flannel. So I love a man. I was also thinking that when I was writing this and I was like, I don't actually know the difference between flannel and plaid. We went through this when we went camping that one time. Was I drunk? No, we were high on marijuana, which is legal in Canada. Okay. (laughs) And we had this whole conversation. Okay. And we were camping at the Bull Valley campground. I vaguely remember this. Yes. We had a conversation. But I still don't remember what the difference is. Flannel is like the type of material. Yes. And yes. Plaid is the print. Plaid is the print. Exactly. Damn! Look at me exercising my brain exactly. cells. We we all we just go. got smarter. Wow. Yeah. It's like I haven't gone to stampede You're before. <laughs> anyway, back to the Calgary Stampede. It's been dubbed as the greatest outdoor show on earth. Basically, it's our. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but no, that's how most Calgarians feel when they ask how they if they like the stampede. It's kind of like mm, mm-hmm. over it. But it's basically our annual rodeo. It's an exhibition festival. It's got games, rides, music, all different kinds of food, musical performance, drunk people. Lots and lots and lots of drunk people. Usually, oh, like the yeah. like the greatest bands will actually come. Oh, they, they used to. Get, they, they used tore to down until the Coke, Coke stage. What? What? They tore down the Coke stage. Since when? They last year. What? Like in the summertime. Okay, but there's still Nashville North. There is still Nashville. So if you're country fan like we are, except for Megan. I'm not a country Megan fan. Megan Hayes. But all the rock bands played for free at the Coke mm, stage. I remember seeing Bob there. That's good. If rides, games, and music isn't your kind of thing. There's also the rodeo. And the food. And the chuck wagons. And yes. the food. And the food. Oh, the food's the best. They usually have, like, donuts. every year, they always have, like, deep-fried something <gasps> weird. Deep-fried cheese. They, well, deep-fried they Mars bars. They literally do deep-fried something fucking weird yeah. every yeah, year. I don't know. I still think my favorite is the corn dog. Oh, yeah. You oh, can't yeah. go wrong. Corn dog is a classic. I've literally one year Mini donuts, only donuts. went to the stampede grounds so that I could get a corn dog yeah. and a lemonade and then leave. Yeah. I did nothing else. I would legit like get my corn dog and then eat it and then probably get up and get another one. If all of that isn't your thing, there is also the rodeo and chuck wagons, which is followed by a nighttime show, better known as the grandstand show. It's got singing, dancing, fireworks, nightly fireworks. It's basically a citywide party for 10 days. Jackie Crazy Bull lived in the northeast part of Calgary and was working for her home community. She was Blackfoot and a member of the Blood Tribe First Nation. Now I say Blood Tribe, that's the English translation. There's a Blackfoot word for Blood Tribe, but I'm not going to butcher the language. I don't know how to speak it. Jackie's family and culture were very important to her. She lived traditionally and was very involved in her community, often organizing activities. Example, she'd have bingo at her house. Nice. She'd just hold bingo and invite everybody in the community. Oh my God, I'm doing that. Right? How fun would that be? Just get a whole bunch of people together and play some bingo. So excited. I'm going to do that. Anyone who won, and even some of those who didn't, were awarded with candy. And, and she always had a good stash of candy on her. Jackie! That's so cute. I love that. Isn't that adorable? I love that. Jackie came from a large family. One of her sons, Clifford, has been advocating for his mother that he lost when he was just five years old. Oh. So right now, that would make him 19. Okay. 
I actually reached out to Clifford to let him know I was covering his mom's case. He hasn't read the message yet. However, when he does, I will update you guys and let you know how that goes. I just kind of wanted to let him know. Right. I did a little bit of research on him, though, because Clifford, like I said, does advocate for his mother. He's actually a grass dancer. And a couple years ago, he did a photo shoot to bring attention to MMIW. Mm. Not only his mother, but the other victims of uh, MMIW. Mm -hmm. I'll post the link for his picture that he has in the bio because they are beautiful. And I do know he prides himself in upholding the traditions that Jackie found so important. Jackie was with her cousin on July 11th, 2007. The pair were grabbing a bite to eat before heading to the stampede grounds where her sister, Sandra Many Feathers, was powwow dancing as an Aboriginal dancer in the nightly grandstand show. The pair had planned to be in the crowd to watch her perform. Jackie and her cousin were by a bus bench on 17th Avenue Southwest near 11th Street when a light-colored new model, at the time new model, yeah. sedan filled with three black men aged 20 to 30s. Again, keep in mind this was 14 years ago, so they're going to be probably anywhere from late 30s right. to early 40s now. These men pulled over and asked the duo for directions. Jackie's cousin looked away and told Jackie to never mind. But Jackie was never one to turn away from someone who needed help. She approached the vehicle and was suddenly attacked with a knife. Oh my God. Everything happened so fast. Jackie was stabbed and she started to bleed profusely. Unfortunately, she was stabbed by a main artery. Despite her cousin's attempt to administer first aid, Jacqueline Crazy Bull died on the scene from her wounds. That's awful. Jackie was one of five people randomly attacked this day. Oh, I remember that. There were four other victims. All of them would survive their injuries, however, except for her. Sister Sandra Many Feathers was waiting to perform when she heard the news. She was sitting in the bleachers when she was paged to the office and told what had happened. Calgary Police Services suspect the attack is gang-related, and the five stabbings were all related and part of a gang initiation. However, today, this case is still ongoing. Let me tell you why I am so baffled by the case being unsolved. Not only were there several eyewitnesses to the attack, including her own cousin, but there is also CCTV footage of these guys at a Mac store that's across the fucking street. Yeah. In 2009, Calgary Police Service officials confirmed that suspects had been identified in connection with Crazy Bull's death, but couldn't pursue charges due to lack of evidence. They have even released the images of the three suspects, which we will make sure to include in our socials when we release the episode. Now, I wanted to show you guys this picture. These are the guys. And you, you can't fucking find them? Well, those right? are pretty clear photos. That's, like, those are actually yeah. really clear photos considering they're just, like... These photos of, plus like, several, several eyewitnesses. Yeah. yeah. Why is this case still unsolved? Oh, boy. In 2017, Calgary Police Services released this quote. Quote, we know someone out there knows who has done this, and we implore those people to come forward. It has been nearly 10 years since the death of Jacqueline. Allegiances change, and we hope people's conscience will win out in the end. 
Jackie's family deserves closure, and we will do all that we can to bring that to them, unquote. At the start of the investigation, Sandra Manyfeathers said that the police and homicide detectives were doing a good job, acting kind and professional, updating them with new developments on the case. However, shortly afterwards, it was passed to a number of other homicide detectives, and I'm sure you can see where this is going yeah. after that radio silence. Mm -hmm. Another common theme. When asked about the progress to her sister's case, Sandra had this to say to one media outlet. Quote, we haven't moved. We haven't changed our phone number. We're still in the same house. You know, there's no reason why they shouldn't call us. It's frustrating that there are no new developments from the police service and there was nothing done. Unquote. So why? Why have there been no charges why is the case still open and who the hell is running this investigation yeah why is there no communication to the family like like i get not updating the media on absolutely right. everything but why have you not i know there's certain things that you can't even release to the family because of like hold back evidence but you can still at least update them on your progress so like, much you could be, you could be so vague as to say like hey, we're still working on this. Yeah. Like, at, at least, least touch base and be like... Well, I know while I was searching, I thought of at least two or three different avenues. I mean, I think we all kind of do that when we're watching true crime shows yeah. or anything. It's yeah. like, oh, I would have done this, I would have done that. Right, but, you know, like, I'd be interested to know how many of these avenues have been looked at. But how can you do that when the ones with all the information are not sharing any of the information, not even exactly. with the family of the victim? And mm -hmm. on that, why is there such a difference when we approach justice for Indigenous women? Should we not be affording them the same level of justice we do any other Canadian Yes, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Anyway, I digress. Mm -hmm. But for the love, that is all that is holy, you guys. In a case where... The attack was not only carried out in front of multiple eyewitnesses, but there's actual CCTV camera footage of the suspects. Yeah. Why do, why do we have a family mourning a mother for 14 years with no answers? Yeah. You do see this kind of like miscommunication a lot with Indigenous cases and stuff like that. So it is, it is a little suspic suspicious and it is a little disheartening because, yeah, they are clearly those are clear photos of these people there are witnesses like how come there is no headway on this that's the question that's the big question it is and uh, it's you know all we can do at this point is ask these questions out loud yeah. mm -hmm. you know bring attention to it yeah there has also been some blame put on the effects that the atmosphere that the Calgary Stampede brings in, right. like mm -hmm. blame on that. I know the three of us probably have our own stampede stories. Yeah, that crime goes up during of. stampede. Like <laughs> people get crazy. So do us. So does the divorce rate. Yes. yes. Divorce lawyers make bank after stampede. Yeah. Some have asked, is it possible the city didn't want to highlight anything negative during a high revenue generating time? Maybe there were too many tourists and we wouldn't want to paint Calgary in a bad light to all the party goings on within the city. Right. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Which is pathetic because mm -hmm. none of that's more important than a human's life. Well, and that's the thing. It's like it's saving face, right? Like yeah. that ego is always more important than justice, yeah. unfortunately. 
Regardless of reason, I think it is fair to say that in the past, society has been so careful not to talk about things that are controversial and make people uncomfortable. Well, all I have to say to that is, I'm uncomfortable that there are killers free on the street that have not been apprehended or charged. I'm uncomfortable the people that are meant to keep us safe won't even so much as talk to the family. I live and work here. I have walked past where Jackie was murdered time and time again. Her killers have gotten away and no one seems to care about that. And I think that should probably make everybody uncomfortable. Yeah, guys, get uncomfortable. <laughs> That's yes. what we are all about is mm -hmm. being uncomfortable. Not all is lost, though. Thankfully, there are still people in the world who get it, who understand and acknowledge that there are societal issues. And that it truly is the job of everyone. Big, small, white, red, green, purple. Everyone is responsible to reconcile the issues in society, both past and present. Liza Lorenzetti is a social worker at University of Calgary. When asked to discuss Jackie's case and speak to the violence against women and gang violence, she said, which I thought was extremely intelligent, Quote, the underlying root causes of violence and gain violence is inequity, male dominance, poverty, intergenerational trauma, colonization, racism, all of which contribute to violence against women and girls. Now, Christy, we were kind of talking at one point about the responsibility yeah. of teaching our children yeah so when you messaged me today about that i like did a quick just like a really quick google search because trying to child rear. <laughs> and what came up primarily for how to teach number one like how to teach a young child about how to treat women and what age to teach them or to begin to teach them a lot of what came up was like very religious focused yeah, it was, uh, it didn't sit right with me. A lot of what I found, it has been very important to me. I want to instill the best knowledge and this kid's going to be respectful, whether it's a boy or it's a girl. Well, I've been blessed with a boy. We live in a society still to this day. It's 2020 fucking two. And as you said, Brittany, it's male dominated. You know, it's, it's based on race. It's based on a lot of stuff, right? I don't want to piss off any listeners. I didn't say that. Liza Lauren Zetti said that. Okay. <laughs> I just agree. I just agree. True, true, true. Okay. I digress. But I'm lucky to have a husband that sets such a great example for our son because not only does he treat me with respect but my son sees him wash the dishes he sees him unload the dishwasher he sees him vacuuming mopping sweeping doing the things right so there's not that gender role assignment in our home which is really important i think that that builds on what you're talking about here too i think there's a really big need for us to really engage our boys and our men in dealing with these kinds of issues well and especially when they go to school because like once they're out of your hands there's so many influences out there that you don't know the parenting strategies of anybody else who's in that school that your kid goes to right back to jacqueline crazyville every year a justice for jackie walk okay i wish our audience could see what's <laughs> what happening the fuck right is now. happening megan there's a hair why in are you my figuring wine? your wine there's a, <laughs> there's a hair in my wine 
Yeah, sorry, sorry, guys. You just do you. It's fine. Don't wipe it on your pants, though. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> okay, guys. Guys, we got it under control. We're good. We're good. Okay, can we go good. back to the, yes. the case so now? So you're sorry. good. You're good. <laughs> so every year, as I was saying, Megan, so every year, a justice for Jackie Walk is held down 17th Avenue, Calgary, near I the site. I didn't know this. I didn't know this either. I know, near the site of Jacqueline's murder. The walk is to keep her memory from becoming a distant one. And maybe one day it will help bring justice to her family. The walk is held in October. Okay. Around her birthday and Thanksgiving. And what's her birthday? October, October 8th. Okay. 1963. So she was 43 years old. Okay. When this attack happened. So it's every year on October 8th that this walk. Around. Around that. It's around. Okay. Because okay, okay. it's also kind of goes around Thanksgiving. Okay. Marking it on our calendars, ladies. Last year, happening. it actually took place the day before my birthday. So last nice. year, it was on October 16th, 2021. Wow. Nice. The event was marked with drumming, songs, prayers, stories, and sacred ceremonies. When asked what the walk meant to her and Jackie's family, Sandra Many Feathers was quoted saying, quote, when we first started doing the walk, what we were really doing was giving dignity to a woman who we knew and loved and who was part of our family. And we wanted to bring dignity to her and show the public that she was loved and she belonged to her family. She had children and she was really important to members of our family, unquote. She continued to talk about the importance of the event and what it has meant to the family in the past and what it has morphed into over the last 14 years. She continues to state, quote, it really has changed to wanting to call out to people that know something. There are people that know what happened that day on July 11th, 2007. We're calling on those people to come forward and tell us, tell the police what happened. How could you live 14 years knowing that you've murdered somebody? Or if somebody has disclosed this information to you, how can you hold on to that information knowing the horrendous difficulty that my family has had to undergo as a result of Jackie's death? It's just really difficult to have to do this every year knowing that there is information that could potentially lead to the charges being laid, unquote. So true. Yeah. <sighs> I, I think there's there's nothing that I can say that yeah. would possibly offer any sort of solace to no. her family or anything like that. But like, it is, she's right. Somebody knows something. Do the right and you're thing. really yeah. Why are people such pieces of trash? Yeah, I think we can all be grateful. Mm -hmm. I'm especially grateful as an Indigenous woman myself to have this platform to bring attention to cases like this. Because I'm willing to bet 95% of our Calgarian listeners had no clue about this. Yeah. So, listeners, please go to our socials. Look up these individuals. Don't forget to add about 10 years to their appearance. And if you know anything, anything at all, let Crime Stoppers know. I have included Crime Stoppers' phone number as well as the case number for Jackie in our bio of the episode. There is one last piece of knowledge that I actually wanted to share with you guys before wrapping up for the evening. Uh, Cause I wasn't full, I was aware of it, but I didn't have full knowledge of it. 
On June 3rd, 2019, the Canadian National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls, or MMIWG, delivered their final report. The report, called Reclaiming Power in Place, spans two volumes, over a thousand pages, and 231 calls to justice. It's concluded after a nearly three-year inquiry with participation from 2,380 people across the country. Participants included family members and survivors of violence, as well as expert witnesses, elders, knowledge keepers, frontline workers, and officials. All were invited to share their truths about experiences of violence inflicted upon Indigenous women and girls and 2SLGBT, nope, 2SLGBT, nope, <laughs> and, and, T, <laughs> no, she says T, 2SLGBTQQIA, people, thank you, you're much better than I are am, you gonna, are you gonna let us know what that is, two-spirit, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning intersex and asexual okay thank you megan you're very welcome Woo, we got there yeah. <laughs> that was good that we was good there. continuing on the mandate of this national inquiry is that they must look into and report on systematic causes of all forms of violence against indigenous women and girls including sexual violence they examine the underlying social economic cultural institutional and historical causes that contribute to the ongoing violence and particular vulnerabilities of Indigenous women and girls in Canada. Their vision is to ultimately build a foundation that allows Indigenous women and girls to reclaim their power and their place. Good. Jacqueline's family have become her voice and continue to advocate for her and the many other unsolved MMIW cases unsolved in Canada today. If you are ever in the city or you live here in our downtown, take a walk down 17th Avenue Southwest near 11th Street to where Jackie was murdered. There you will find Jackie's bench marked with a plaque engraved just for her. It reads, honoring our beautiful, free-spirited Jackie Crazy Bull, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Ladies, I think we need to go to have lunch downtown and sit on the bench. Cheers. I love that. Cheers to that. Wrapping up here, I just want to let our listeners know if you have any tips whatsoever about this case, please call Crime Stoppers. It's 1-800-222-8477. And please provide the case number, which is L as in Larry, G as in Gary, 0723609. And as we conclude this case for the night, if you do require immediate emotional assistance, if you are touched directly by uh, someone who's missing or murdered, especially missing or murdered Indigenous women, there is a support line, 1-844-413-6649. <laughs> This line's a national toll-free 24-7 crisis line, and it's they'll provide you any kind of support that you need. And you guys, if you know of a case or if you are close to somebody who, like, if something similar has happened to somebody in your life 
and you would like us to bring attention to it, please email us because Brittany is really like our indigenous advocate. We are all very much invested in indigenous rights and bringing light to these cases. But if there is a case that is particularly close to you, please email us so that we can look into it. Goal here was to bring awareness to the case. To Jackie's family, if you are listening, I just want to say I hope I did you and Jackie proud. I hope I was able to shine some light on Jackie's case. And I hope this gets the conversation started again. And if you what if you do have any updates or anything that you would like us to make public, please reach out to us. Yeah, hundred percent. Clifford, if you get that message also. <laughs> feel free to still reply to it even though i've already done the episode would love to to connect anyway ladies i that wraps up my case wow thank you so much Brittany. absolutely thank you for being an advocate for absolutely always always i think that um the one thing that popped into my head when you were talking about this case was that movie that i told you about wind river that one is based out of the United States, and it's important that we had, we mentioned that this is not just a Canadian issue. This is a worldwide issue. Yeah. This is not just happening here in Canada. This is also happening in the States. And the whole premise of this movie is the fact that there is actually no accumulated data of how many missing and murdered Indigenous women there is in the United States. There is no statistics on it whatsoever they've got statistics on every other um every other race every other like gender everything well and that's just the thing i think canada has progressed a lot more over the last couple of years when it comes to indigenous yeah not so much in the states i think the states is still kind of more so turning the blind eye than canada is but for those that don't know by the way too canada united states all of north america used to be known as turtle island Yes. Oh, yes. For Good. those that don't know. That's a yeah, beautiful yeah. story. It is a beautiful story. If you oh, my time. God. We should do an episode on the story of Turtle Island. I could. Absolutely. That's for another time. No problem. So, yeah. <laughs> you guys can reach us on our socials. Yes, We you are can. on TikTok at Homebrew Murder Crew. We are on Instagram at Homebrew Murder Crew. We're also on Facebook at Homebrew Murder Crew. You can also email us with those requests, any feedback you may have for us, our case email, updates, case updates, information, yeah. etc. Our email address is homebrewmurdercrew at gmail.com. Thank you, weirdos, winos. And from the mountains of Alberta and my little closet that we're stuck in right now to Taiwan, Singapore, Australia, Brazil, Netherlands, Mexico, United Kingdom, Germany, United States. My pants. Sorry, what? what? (laughs) Your pants? (laughs) And of course, Canada. And of course, Canada. Thank you for listening. And please share us. Tell your friends about us. We've got some, we also have some things coming up that we're going to talk about in the next few episodes. We are going to be making a few changes. Oh, yes. Positive ones. So stay tuned. Positive changes. Um, We will see you guys (laughs) in two weeks, I guess. We're the most awkward people ever. We're not even going to edit that because that was awkward silence (laughs) and we love it. So bye. 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 Love Love you.